Well, yeah, we're gonna you know kind of riff in the beginning, but let's do um, it. which is which is something that I hear at the beginning of every single one of these recordings because because I always <laughs> I always do that. I don't know why. Like I always just go into it and be like, oh yeah, oh Spencer, you, you got to start it right. You're the <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're like you, you just point at me. You're like, all right, we're recording. Go be casual. Yeah, be oh, be man. casual now. You. Yeah, like you know, if you, yeah, we'll figure it out, but. I don't know. The weekend was good. You know, it was good to be good to be seeing Nick. Wait, so um, where, are you back now? I don't like you were gone for like ten minutes. I feel like the weekend. So here, here's how I do it. Um, okay, because I have a full time job Monday to Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like taking PTO, uh, so I'll take a late night out Friday, go somewhere, usually where a friend is, uh, and then. I'll crash with them, um, but usually in that city, my, my firm has like an office in that city. So I've done it for New York, Seattle, and Chicago now. So I'll go stay with a friend or an Airbnb that night, and I'll just work from that firm's office like in downtown. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Dude, that's really cool, so, actually. Yeah, that was what I did this weekend. You know, got into Seattle really late Thursday night, really early Friday morning, went, went to Nick's place, crashed there for a few hours, got up, drove into downtown, and then worked from our seattle office um so and then you like, it's fun. flew home that night then, no then i flew home sunday so like, i hung out with nick friday oh, night got it, got it got it all day Saturday. um so that's how i kind of go about it because it's fun because i get to see my friends i get to see a new city i get to meet people from work that i've only known virtually i get to actually meet them in person uh and then get to work in a new office um and what's cool about Seattle, Chicago, and New York is that they're actually like in downtown. They're high rises in the city. Um, whereas our our Dallas office is um, a little more north of like the downtown area, so it's like it's like more it's like a, a bigger space. And we have way more people in that office, but it's not like in the actual heart. You of become Mister Business. You become. Do you get like? Do you just lose all morality like the second you're in like the high rise, or does that like come? Or does that like come as like time progresses once you're there for a long time? I mean, I don't really work for a company that would cause me to lose morality. We don't really. I, I mean, I assume like, the sky rise like uh, you know office space would just do it by itself. Once you're, once you're in a downtown and you're just like yeah. leaning against the window of a skyscraper, and you're like, get Chicago on the phone. This is unacceptable. No, like, exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. You're, you're a corporate shill, you know, just to sell out the environment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we need to burn down the rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, sir, like, what's the reason? Get big oil. Get, get big oil on the phone. Get big oil. <laughs> get big oil and Russia on the phone. Give me everyone. Uh, right. Let's open some more yeah. pipelines and national parks. <laughs> oh, let's dig up some trenches. <laughs> let's dig up some, some trenches. Yeah, That's I can tell you though hilarious. that the uh, they really are not as kind in New York. Because um, like our our building in Dallas is like you just kind of like we have badges to get in, but you just walk in, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York office for us is in like a massive building, so like we just rent a very small small space in that building. Uh, and so when I went into security, um, it was like, hey, I'm here for X company. It's my company's name. They're like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, damn. Oh, um, I'm just like, I work in our Dallas office. So I'm just here to like see, like, I'm here to work out our New York, New York office for the day. I'm like, we don't care. Like, go. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they're like, do you, have a, 
Damn. Yeah, they give a guest badge. I was like, I didn't know I needed one. They're like, okay, not, not my problem. I was like, well, can I call somebody up there and then come down and get me? And just getting to that point took like 10 minutes. Uh, just for like for like a reasonable, like semi-nice, just take – like this takes nothing out of their day just trying to help me out. It took so long to get there. And even when we got there, they were like very annoyed. Hey, so I mean, just... you remember what I used to say, Spencer, while we were driving in the big city? Big city moves. Come on. Some people can make big city moves. Some people can make big city moves. Some people can't. Yeah, I mean, I. Let me know, ask you this. Though, speaks hey, for itself. I talked about this with our uh, you know friend of the pod, Nick, um, when okay. I visited this weekend. Um, he was like, I, he could never live East Coast and loves it. But he's like, I'm, you know, very laid back guy. It's pretty fast paced out there. People aren't like, I don't know, that sunny disposition. You don't really get it there. I kind of agree. Like, I love New York, but I could never live there. Like, if I had to choose between living permanently in L.A. or New York, I would choose L.A. over New York while fully, like, acknowledging that New York is a cooler city. That's fair. I mean, isn't his girlfriend from that area, though, from East Coast? Austin, right? Something like that? Boston? Boston? No, I don't she's think Boston, but like, it's, I don't think it's like New York, right? Yeah, I thought you said Boston. She's not from Boston. Yeah, no, I mean, from? I said that, but I was just kind of guessing. Uh, she's from Charleston. I don't know if you've heard of it, but as the Charleston? most famous, yeah, Charleston. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't tell you. It sounded like you were saying Charleston. Are you saying Charleston in like a Boston accent? It it, it literally yes. sounded like that. <laughs> yes, it's the city from the town, Charleston. Oh, Charleston, Charleston. Jesus Christ, Christ. Spencer. <laughs> Guys, in the comedy biz, we call that a callback. Yeah, a callback. Yeah. God, what a bad call. call that a bomb. Speaking oh, of bombs, <laughs> yeah. Let's get into it, Aaron. Thank you for that amazing segue. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, the, today's movie, uh, the 2011 uh, sci-fi classic, is definitely not the word for no. it. Um, sci-fi movie. Uh, in time, starring the one and only Justin Timberlake. There's a lot to unpack here. I don't want to get into too much detail at this stage, but Geo, I think we need a nitro on this. You're right, Spence. Classic is not the word, but set your alarms, boys, because time is money. Literally. That's right. <laughs> We're not in time, on time, out of time, or central standard time. We're in time 2011. You heard it right, folks. We're talking fedoras, dip dyed hair, and stereo hearts on the radio. It's the age we all wish we could forget, but our therapists keep digging back up. And deep within those dark, depressing heaps, among the bacon soap bars and Pandora memes, we find our man Justin Randall Timberlake in the movie that would almost single-handedly cripple and destroy any last bit of respect he may have had in the eyes of the critical masses. And this is the era when Harvey Weinstein was still around. In a conveniently not-so-distant or derelict future Los Angeles, Apple Watches have been replaced by a more minimal and less functional derivative that only counts how much time you have left to live. In this world, everyone stops aging after 25, but mentally regress to cardboard salamanders. Yes, sadly, not even Mr. Peaky Blinders himself, Cillian Murphy, could save this uncooked chicken-ass dialogue. Not even though about 20 minutes in, you are force-fed every drop of sour cream messaging this movie has, you still couldn't give a fly a bath in its shallow depth. No, End Time's only purpose seems to be to serve as the Mendoza line for what levels of soulless, dandruff dust dialogue is bearable in a movie before audiences succumb to vanilla poisoning. 
Never fear because your humble reporters are here to take the bullets you never needed to and we do it with a smile. So I need a doctor tonight tonight because we're finding someone like you and rolling in the deep because the show goes on. So give me everything. But don't ask Spencer who was in Paris because he's sexy and I know it. And there ain't no other way, baby, because I was born this way. Fellas, I am ready to deep dive. Let's do it. Should we even do the podcast or like should we stop there or like I could stop the recording now like that could be it I I mean shit do we is is there anything else that we need to talk about like how much time do we have left I think that was everything there was a lot Holy that was shit. a that was a commentary heavy nitro they get, they get better every time <laughs> I had a lot to work with you you did have a lot to work with. We know where Geo stands on this one. Uh, that's for sure. Um, what a what a tee up, Geo. You mentioned you said a meme in there. I just want to point. I chose this for the memes. Like that oh, was God. why. Okay, okay. Don't try to explain yeah, yourself thank now. God. All right. <laughs> Don't try to explain yourself now. Come on, we're having a good time. Hey, it's it a good time. We're good people. We could watch bad movies. Okay. Uh, he was busting balls. He was just busting balls. He was busting right? a few balls, busting busting my balls, <laughs> busting your balls. Come on. Ball ball busting. God, Jesus Christ, this movie was so fucking oh. bad, dude. It was, it was, it was you know what? Why don't you just bad. start us why don't you just start us off? Give us the reasoning exactly why in God's green earth on the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, you decided to recommend in time. Please let me know. Give me the reason. I just this is a movie that like I didn't remember really anything about it, but I remembered seeing it when I was a kid. Like, I remember just, like, being a very, very bored dad needed some time to fill with the kids, so he took my brother and I to see it. Uh, and that's it. I didn't remember anything about it. I could see, like, pictures from it. I remembered, like, the L.A. setting, but it's just always – it always just looks hot, you know? Like, they didn't really make any effort yeah. make it look dystopian. It just looks like it's very warm all the time. It looks like uh, L.A. now. It's like concrete. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks there, like there they shot it. it on the same set as Chinatown. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, I I honestly chose this not really remembering anything about it, but somebody had, like, made a joke reference to it a few weeks ago, and it just, like, broke me. I laughed super hard. I was like, I want to I want to get this on the pod in some way, shape, or fashion. Uh, you remember just, the, like, what was the joke? You remember? How did, how, did they, how did they slip that one in? I don't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll try and ask him tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but I just remember, like, it got a reaction from me. And I thought, hey, this would be a funny one to talk about in some way. Um, and I guess we'll find out. I, my, my gut feeling is you guys are maybe harboring a little anger towards me. I'm sensing some hostility here. Aaron, uh, I think you could take it away on that. Dude, it, it was just... I, 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 dude, it, it's just lazy in, in every aspect. Dude... The bad guys are not, well, not the main bad guys, but, like, the crooks in the neighborhood are called the Minute Men. <laughs> are, you, are you fucking kidding me? How is like that intimidating? If someone told me that they were a Minute Man, I would, I would fucking, I would lose my mind laughing. That is not intimidating at all. Nobody called a Minute Man has taken any of my minutes. What the fuck, dude? It, the, the CG was bad. Uh, the... I, I can't even begin. To, I can't even start with the script. I can't even start. It, it's <laughs> what, what did, wait, Gio, Gio, what did you say in your intro about it being like a what? What? What was the line of you equated to like a like a sauerkraut or some type of food? Oh, and I was gosh. like, yeah, that's that it. A, yeah, that was a few. That was a few line. I got to pull up my notes. On yeah, pull, uh, pull that out because that was, uh, there was, I, there was a couple in there. Yeah, 
the one I love, Gio, actually wasn't in your Nitro. You texted us yesterday. Uh, you called it an AI-generated script. And that's all <laughs> yeah. really, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. I said that. yeah. Um, I would. I had a note that the both the script and performances outside of Slane Murphy uh, were very wooden, very stale. Yeah, there was like nothing. Um, now here's here's the thing I want to I want to get at here, and how I overall look at this movie. Horribly executed in in more ways than one. Um, in despite <laughs> despite a shocking amount of talent both in front of and behind the camera, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just a little miss. Um, but I, what I do love here is the concept, like the actual idea for this movie, the story. I think it's a great idea, and I think of this as one of those movies that is what a remake should be targeting. I don't know if you guys remember because we recorded this particular episode a very long time ago, uh, but there was at one point a discussion um, of a studio. They were talking about remaking one of my favorite movies ever, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and they're going to do it with Kevin Hart and Will Smith. And I was oh. absolutely furious. Um, that luckily never happened. And I was very upset because I was like, you don't remake a perfect movie. But you, a remake should be is looking at a movie that had a really good idea and concept and the execution was poor, but you give it in somebody else's hands and then they can go make a good movie out of that really good idea. For me, I would actually put this movie in that category of, I think the premise here is super intriguing and that there is so much you can do with it. They just did nothing with it. Okay, but the the premise itself is bare bones. The premise itself is you get to be 25, you don't age anymore, and then you have a year to live and you get more life by like working and shit. That that's fine and it's it is interesting and I agree with you, but to an extent that that's like one sentence. <laughs> like I I I get what you're saying where conceptually you could see how a different director would take that concept. And go in a different direction with it, and actually make something that of value and that has interest. But I feel like giving them this movie credit for that is completely wrong. I, I, I for one sentence, like God, dude, we we wrote you you wrote better scripts in high school than this, and that's depressing. <laughs> like I like you know I, I'm proud of the stuff we made in high school, but fuck, man, <laughs> if it's better yeah. than like a big budget Hollywood movie, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. This is what happens when uh, you write up a first draft, and then you never redraft it. Yeah, I never edit it. This is like <laughs> this is like the guy that's just trying to get words on the page and just get it out there, and like, oh, we'll edit this down the line, and then it just keeps going through the pipeline, and then you get on set, and this is what you got. Yep, I know. You know, a better comparison is you you write a you you have to write an essay for the end of class, but you need like <laughs> like like ten percent on the essay to get a passing grade. And you know you're already in, you're already in summer mode. You're like, eh, fuck it. I'm just gonna, gonna to I'm gonna write. Now. I'm writing one draft, and I'm not looking at this again. I will never <laughs> look at this again. I, I here you go, teacher. There you go. I will take my like like forty percent on the essay for writing my name on the fucking front cover. <laughs> Filling the word count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Maybe I'm being more forgiving um, than I should, but I feel like this type of premise and this idea could set you off in so many directions like you have an inherent conflict that should be tremendous already built into your concept and premise you can take this in a way where you can examine you can use this as an allegory for both like class disputes and classism in modern society but you put it in a future sense and you you do that like conceptually you do that with any story like this so your messaging does not feel heavy-handed 
and yet this movie's messaging felt so heavy-handed like it was like not only are we going to shove it in your face but we're not going to have any substance to our message and we're going to say it dozens and dozens of times uh well not only that but like the the main character doesn't even care about the messaging what what does he do when he finally gets like like these years right he gets like a century right what what's the first thing that he does spencer other after after traveling to like the center of like you know the civilization or whatever it is which is straight uh, from hunger games by the way just straight yeah, up he dropped from it. A, a ton of money on um, a car, a suite in a hotel room. Again, Aaron, I'm not, not just even that. Here. Not even that. He went, he went and played poker. He just played poker. Gambled. What the fuck? Again, like, this is very, that's very bad execution. And while we're on, that's, I almost put that as more of a flawed character execution than story. I agree with that. And another big uh, fault I had with the character, Will Salas, um, was, was that like, you're throwing all these crazy things at this character before we've even like met him. Like that really deep conversation with the Matt, the character that Matt Bomer plays, whose name I'm kind of blanking on right now, the one who gave Will all that time. Yeah, that ha- we've only had one scene with Will's character before that scene, and then when his mom dies, again we we just met this character, so it's like they needed more time building him up before this stuff. Uh, and I don't know, like they, they've struggled with him before the time thing. They struggle with him after the time thing. It just like, it, it's misses all around. Yeah. It's garbage. Uh, I think, um, what happened, what, well, not what happened. Uh, one of the things that I hated, like you said, uh, you mentioned it, they spoon feed the audience, uh, basically within the first like 15, 20 minutes. I don't even know if they got to the 20 minute mark before they had that whole conversation, you know, with the guy with the century or whatever, he just basically tells the entire thesis of the, uh, of the movie. <laughs> right in your face just like not even in like a good a conversation scene he just says it he just says it like full that's the first time they do that geo then they do it like like six more times after they just like reiterate like oh like uh like oh a few uh uh many have to die for a few to be immortal like okay Uh, how many times are they going to repeat it a and then b it's just like they just totally i don't know it's just totally like disrespectful to the audience i think like first off the concept itself reveals the message like you, you don't have to be like a genius see it and you can like <laughs> execute it you know you don't have to be a genius like yeah t- time is now money boom commodity right there consumerism whatever marxism whatever you want whatever like themes you want to throw at it it's right there like you, you know it doesn't take a genius like i know it's 2011 but come on i think we can have a little bit more respect for our audience exactly <laughs> uh yeah do you agree with 99 percent we said there i I don't disagree with like the the narrative choice of like throwing that big exposition straight up right up front um i as you think of a movie that does a great within this genre i would go 1982 blade runner blade runner throws like it just it doesn't show you the thing that first title text the year is you know 24 i don't know whatever it was at that time the year is this there are these things called replicants they live in this world blah blah, blah. and it sets that story for you in that way and then you get this like beautiful story within that which clearly didn't happen here um but that's probably something I would have done. Instead of like having Justin Timberlake narrating. That was um, stupid. Thank you for over, reminding me. Over green imagery. Uh, I would have just done like that Blade Runner intro where you just put the text on the screen with like some ominous music and then go into your story. It would have been irrelevant here because the story was so garbage anyway. Um, yeah. but, you know, that again to me is another example of failed execution because there are movies that have done it beautifully before. This movie tried it and just blew it in a huge way. 
uh i think you said it i mean like the concept itself like the concept itself is like four lines you know it's four lines you just say it. you say like oh not too distant future los angeles whatever uh eat every no one ages past age 25 and then like uh, time is money boom you know like whatever it, it start the character and then you kind of go it, they could have just fucking copied blade runner at that point you just just give us like some setup on the character like you know let them go through like like the work day like don't let it be the first five minutes and then get them to like wherever new greenwich or whatever it was like you know like like build it up and then at, it, like honestly the first 20 minutes should have been the whole movie first one like yeah. okay I, I don't give a shit about like the whole like uh Minutemen like thing or whatever honestly those guys should have been more like the matrix like those guys uh it, you should have kept them mysterious uh silly murphy can play it whatever but don't don't give him all these lines don't like make every other scene just look uh uh, uh these guys following him you know or whatever stop it at the 20 minute mark okay uh you characterize the whole guy. Um, he kind of like slowly goes through his thing. Blah, blah blah. A couple, I don't know. A couple of things happen, and then like at the end, he gets like a century, and then he gives it all away or some shit like that. Well, you it's like I mean? it's even further than that. You mentioned like the cop character, right? Like yeah. he he has no motivation. He he has like they tried to give him a motivation at the end, where it's like, well, I bet you're from here. JT says to him, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. Any any fucking moron watching this movie for the first time could have told you that. Like they they make it painfully obvious. He knows where certain things are, where the other cop like in the in like the ghetto districts where the other cops don't know where things are and shit like that. And, and also speaking of like incompetence, like in like world building entirely. Like okay, the, this universe, right? You want me to believe that uh, the director and like everyone wants me to believe that one. No, nobody ages anymore. Two, nobody dies of disease, stuff like that, right? That we we've solved, we've solved all that. But you're telling me bank heists still fucking are possible? And not only just no one, because because one I get, one I get. Like you could you could explain that away, <laughs> but but they just go on like they live off of robbing banks for the rest of it. That doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. It doesn't make any fucking. You walk in, fucking sense. That, you know what? You know what? You know what? Uh, really, like just re- just put salt on the wound was that end scene. That like oh very end God. scene, you know, where like they just like walk up the steps of this massive bank building, yeah. like uh, just two people, no one's around. Like, where's the security? No one, no one can hire a couple guys. You know, they got these yeah, fucking minutemen. Running the around. most wanted people in this universe, technically, are just walking around, no mask, no disguise, into a bank. Yeah, okay, I, helicopters. No like, one. Like, no think, one think about that. that. Think about this, right? Like, no, cops in our world, modern age, the, we don't have posters flying around of. Like, imagine if that happened, right? They would find those people today in in less than a day. If they were really that big of a problem, they would have found them like that. It would have been a fucking... They would have been on the streets for 24 hours. And then the second it, they show it, their face, even if they don't, the, even the second they show their face to pull off another heist, they're fucking gone. Yeah, and Aaron, you kind of alluded to this too, but this movie, I don't know if you guys know the timeline, it takes place over 150 years in the future. <laughs> And it's just Los Angeles. Like it's just, it's just LA. Like it looks yeah. no different whatsoever. Like you, it looks like you're watching La La Land. Like there is nothing separating it, despite the fact that it's that far in the future. And you know what's crazy? Um, I just thought of this right now. But like, okay, so take take other dystopian future movies, right? Like where everything looks like shit in the ghettos. But then it gives you the opportunity to take like the rich people and have like mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun with the like the architecture and the weird shit that they do. And, and they kind of do that with the cars a little bit. 
Uh, but even then, they're just, like, more sleek and stuff like that. Not Nothing too crazy. But then, their houses and stuff just look like fu- like normal houses. Like a house that you yeah. find right now. And it's like, do you have no... Like, did the set designer just not want to work? Did they the did they do anything? Did they just want to do location scout? I don't understand. I just That's don't the get thing. it. Everything in this movie points towards the fact that no one gave a shit. Yeah. No one gave a shit about this project. There wasn't even anyone pushing it that gave a shit. It was just like, this came on someone's desk. Say let's throw some money at it, blah blah blah. Like they, uh, the the sets, the LA, blah blah blah, looking the same. That just shows you like no one wanted to spend money on it. Like, let's not go too far, and uh, let's try to make it a, a look the, as same as possible. Oh, you know what? Uh, let's make them look. Uh, how do how do we make it look a little futuristic? Oh, put some different grills on the cars. Nothing yeah, exactly. else. I mean, let's just do that. Uh, and, come on, uh, it, let's not even pay for a redraft. Let's not you know try to edit this script or something. You know, have someone come in, a script doctor or and something. And to go along you know? with that. Like the the whole concept of like making movies is like you know you're you're passionate about something you want it to be great, and 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 so you take something like for example um, the Quentin Tarantino movie uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right uh. he 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 didn't have to go through all of that nonsense where he like put up like the billboards and the stuff and made an entire street look like it was from the 1970s he didn't have to do that at all he wanted to do it and I and I mm. think that. That that really shows. It's like the exact antithesis of this movie, where mm-hmm. you, where in that movie he was really passionate and wanted to do that. He probably didn't have to. He probably could have probably gotten around it with like some CG and some like interesting cuts and mm-hmm. editing. But in this movie, they go in the opposite direction, where they give such little of a shit that they're like, hey, "Let's just go outside and film it," like fucking film students <laughs> do, because they don't they can't pay for anything. It's it's God, dude. It. <laughs> oh. I. Yeah. So one thing I, I kind of want to get into, because Aaron, you talked about, um, and I think I, I think we've all talked about it. There's no world building whatsoever mm-hmm. going on here, um, at least no creative world building. Uh, and this movie is written and produced by somebody who wrote and produced one of the movies that I think is one of the best examples of world building that you'll ever see. The movie In Time is written by the same guy who wrote Truman Show. Insane. One of my favorite movies, too. Yeah. So that is shocking to me. Uh, another thing, I don't know if we've gone to it yet, but the very stale cinematography here, where there is yeah. nothing of note. Uh, Aaron, do you know who the DP was for this movie? I actually didn't look. Who was it? A little guy named Roger Deakins. Oh. Strikes again. But sometimes. Sometimes. Aaron, you there? You okay? I had to sit down. Sorry. Um, <laughs> God, dude, why? Why does he do this to me? For, first, nineteen seventeen, and then this. What I he... was gonna ask. I've said on multiple occasions, both on this pod and and to me personally, that nineteen seventeen was your least favorite Roger Deakins shot movie. I wanted to see if that's changed now. Yeah, it obviously has changed. I can't believe I didn't look <laughs> at that. Oh. It's terrible. It, yeah. it, it reminds me of, you know, it goes back to what you said, Aaron. It it, sound, it reminds me of just like, uh, you know, the projects do, you realize you didn't put anything, any work into it. Uh, the guys are about to turn it in. Uh, it, it'd be like, oh, can I just put my name on it real quick? Oh, hold on. Like, <laughs> let me just put my name on it. You know, something like that. It, it, no effort, no work. Uh, everyone phoned it in. No one actually cared about the script. No one. There wasn't a single person. No one was fighting for it to get made. It it's one of those ones that goes, you know, goes through the pipeline. 
He's no, it's, so it's good. like, let's see if we can make some money. <laughs> He's so good at film making. Why? Why did he do this? You know, I feel like it's just like, you know what? They just called him in. Like, hey, we'll give, we'll give you a bunch of money. Uh, just put your dude. name on it. Yeah, it's like, you know, like like even the world winning part. Like, he probably, you know, the guy probably came up with the concept. Because, right? like, there, you know, there's a it. difference. Like, 1917, I dislike it because they take one of the best living cinematographers, right? And they restrict him so much because of the concept of a one shot in like a movie, right? I think we talked about yeah. this on a pod recently, but but we talked about like the idea of like the romanticized one shot and how a lot of mm-hmm. movies and 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 scenes and stuff would look better if you just shot it normally. But people yeah. will have this romantic idea of like I want to make like I want to make the shot in fucking Wings or I want to make the mm-hmm. shot in fucking Goodfellas or yeah. uh, whatever it is, right? Like or, or I want to yeah. make that episode of It's Always Sunny. Um, yeah, yeah. But but it's like. Uh, fuck, dude. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, uh, 1917 is far better than this in like as as a cinematography. Like, okay, here, here's why I dislike 1917 as as a small tangent. I I don't dislike the cinematography as in it's bad. I dislike it because when I go into wa- like watching a Roger Deakins movie, I expect the cinematography to be exceptional, and it was not. It was it was so average and very. I guess I guess bland is the only word I can think of, but yeah. And I mean, the, you you talk about this movie, you're talking like the cinematography was bad. Like, I don't know, maybe this can lead into the fucking slap shot, but f- fuck, dude, I I had such a hard time. Like, you usually I I have like stuff to like decide from, like oh I have this shot in in like a uh, Goodfellas and I have this shot in whatever right and I have like a few yeah. different ideas that I write down throughout yeah. the movie this one I wrote down one note and I can't remember the scene it's from <laughs> like I if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the cinematography in this movie I don't know what does uh yeah well Aaron since we're on the topic why don't you give us uh today's slap shot bit yeah um yeah which, as a reminder, can either be the worst or best shot of the movie, uh, up, up to your discretion as the slap shot expert. I, I mean, I, I feel like the essence of the slap shot is trying to show what they tried to do with the movie. And so I'll go with, like, like a, a, a part of the movie when I was still naive and, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to fucking shoot myself in the head. Um, the very beginning of the movie when it's just, when he saves the guy from the bar with like the hunt of the century, right. You know, hanging out, whatever. And they're just sitting and it's like kind of backlit and you can only really see their silhouettes and you get like a couple lens flares or whatever. And you see them and they're both in the same shot. It's like a nice, you know, like normal frame, uh, like very symmetrical, very, uh, like not Wes Anderson esque. I, I just think of him whenever I think of symmetry. Um, but, but yeah, like it, it, it's just very nice and they're just having a conversation that, that that's one of the very few conversations in the whole movie that doesn't feel like it's just exposition, even though they kind of do that at the beginning of it, but they're just talking and it, it's, it's the best this movie's got. And that's, yeah. that's, and it's depressing because it's uh, just so sad when like, when like, okay. For this segment, right, I, I like it because it takes, like, it, it simplifies everything in, like, a movie, right? Even if we're watching a, a a 6 out of 10 or a 5 out of 10 movie, I can find a shot in a movie that's a 10 out of 10. Uh, like, you know, pretty succinctly yeah. and most of the time. But in this, it was insanely difficult. And that's that's very depressing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say uh, the shot 
when the guy's on the bridge about to jump off. Oh yeah, yeah, that's because that that's, made me, that's what that's what made me feel like. I'm not gonna lie. It's, that's been done a thousand times. Yeah, it, it's it, it's just a shot that like could be from any show, you know. But it, it was yeah. decent. It was decent. Didn't look terrible. No, uh, it, it really just distills down uh, this entire movie feeling like deveined shrimp, like just completely yeah. devoid of character, soul. It feels bland. It was like a saltine cracker that's been stale for like three years now mm. and the salt mm. evaporated you know <laughs> it's yeah uh completely unpleasant and uh i, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody uh, you know what actually a funny story this one uh i did have on like a burned disc uh because i got <laughs> it for free or whatever like somebody like you know whenever it came out or something like one of my mom's friends used to like burn dvds uh and you just like you know you knew i like movies so he would give them to me and I remember this one. And even then, 11-year-old mind, <laughs> 11-year-old mind, probably 10, because you know what? I think this came out top of the year. Uh, hated it. That's Terrible. Crazy. I, and you know what? Even when you mentioned it, like, I remember, I'm like, damn, this is, this is terrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Like, I don't think old with rage when I said, hey, it would be kind of goofy if we did in time, right? Did, did could, you, you know, it's the, the the thing is because I could I could hear in your voice that you had not seen it in a long time and you forgot completely what it was about. <laughs> I I did not. I forgot Spencer everything. Remember, so you could forget. I literally, I, <laughs> I, I I forgot everything that happened, but I remembered everything bad. Okay, I can tell you that. I remember, I remember, and this is just going to fill Aaron with even more rage. Um, oh no! I remember being in the theater. I was like, this came out October twenty eighth, two thousand eleven. If I remember correctly. Um, I remember being in the theater and Johnny Galecki came up on the screen and just being mind blown because that's oh. a liner from the Big Green Theory. Didn't even bring him up. I didn't, I didn't oh. want to. I, I was hoping we could avoid talking about it so I didn't have to like yell and be more mad than I already am. He was so bad in this, Spencer. You can't you can't sit here and tell me that he was good. His his character got a decade and drank himself to death. What a what a great character that was just written. What? It's so bad. Commentary of disease. They could have at least said, like, that's like so, that's so lazy. They could have at least said, like, oh, he was flashing it around and then he got killed. I would have, I would have preferred if his character had said to, what, what the fuck is JT's name in the movie? Will? 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 Dallas. Okay, Will. If he had said to Will, hey, sorry, I'm a, I'm an alcoholic. I don't want to take the money from you. Like, I would, like that. It's, it's the same thing. And also that that the woman his like wife couldn't act for shit. She was fucking terrible. No one could act. She she was she yeah. was like she was definitely somebody's like uh like niece or something that like just really wanted to be in a movie and uh they had to like do a favor or something. She was awful. Just got awful. Yeah. It also teed, it also teed it up and I don't know, maybe I read it wrong, but it, I feel like it teed it up as a joke. Like he gives him the time and then he Johnny Glucky looks at the bar, like his quick shot yeah. of the bar, he looks at yeah. Hey baby, I'm going out for a few minutes and like left. So like that feels more like a comedic setup than a this guy's about to die setup. Yeah, it absolutely was. The thing is that it absolutely was a comedic setup, and then like and then they just like explain whatever like later why he's died why he died is just because of that. What? Or maybe they're just thinking it back. Maybe he had a scheduled conflict and he actually had more of a thing. They're like Johnny's not showing up anymore. We're just gonna have to kill him off. Yeah, uh, he had to know. he had to film like season seven of The Big Bang Theory. You know, so <laughs> yeah, probably. So we've established that this is not a great film. Uh, yeah, but I um, took some notes on the most on the more ludicrous things that I saw. So I okay. want to give mine, 
and then I want to see what you guys thought Let's would fit it. into that job. Break it down. Um, one that I wrote down, are there no cell phones in this movie? Did I miss no. it? But like, in this future, 150 years from now, where they've genetically engineered people to a degree that is unimaginable, they haven't like invented the cell phone. Because there's that scene where Olivia Wilde can't afford to get on the bus and is just sprinting home instead of just calling her son and being like, hey, I'm right here. Can you just come over and like give me some more time? I couldn't afford the bus ride. There's or, no cell phones. Or is phones. there, on top of that, is there no way to like transfer it like over a long distance? We we have like fiber optic cables now. We have we had copper wire back then for internet. Like, do they not have the internet? Do they not have like Denzel? basic infrastructure? Yeah. Is it maybe just a thing where they can't afford it? Like, you need to you need to make thing these things known in your world so that we're not sitting here questioning what the fuck is going on in your stupid piece yeah. of shit movie. You need to you need to explain at least a little bit instead of just telling me what the fucking theme of the movie is over and over again. God. <laughs> Yep. Couldn't even do a, like, try and shoehorn in a cell phones are only by the rich thing. Because they did I'm that saying. with guns. They yeah. didn't even try. Yeah. So that was one I found. There's another one that I actually, like, laughed out loud at when I saw. So the more richer, the richer areas are on the coast, which makes sense. Usually mm. the most commerce is towards oceans. Um, so they have this beautiful beachfront property that JT and Amanda Seyfried, like, jump in and swim in. There is steam coming off of the whole ocean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ocean is steaming. That's impossible. <laughs> maybe I, That maybe, can't happen. <laughs> maybe in our world, Spencer, but hey, you never know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the time... The world uh, oceans make steam. The thing was, I couldn't decide if it was A, an artistic choice, or B, <laughs> or B, if they just really could not care any less and said like yeah let's just let them know that this was filmed inside of us inside of a studio you know we just build up some maybe, maybe there was a uh, maybe there was a cut subplot about that uh went over the themes of uh, climate change uh you know yeah, they got they got al maybe. gore for a few scenes you know you never know it's it 2000s you don't know could have gotten al gore yeah. and then lastly my last there's no way you just did that moment um, they kind of fit back to back. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, while she's on the phone call with her dad, notices Cillian Murphy coming around the corner. It might be Killian Murphy, I'm not sure. But notices Peaky Blinders coming around the corner <laughs> and pulls out this gun that she just got, has never shot a gun in her life, and hits, like, from, what, 30, 40 yards away? Just pinpoint right Nine. in the chest. Has never fired a gun. And then literally two scenes later, Justin Timberlake is giving her lessons on how to shoot a gun. He's like, so this is the trigger. And then she like, and there's like two more times after she absolute marksman snipes this guy. There's two jokes about her not being able to fire a gun afterward. Crazy. Insane. It, even further than that, it's like the odds of the safety being on are, are so <laughs> high. Her, her character has never seen a gun, let alone held one. She doesn't know what a safety is. I guarantee it. <laughs> like what I, I, I mean I could I could suspend disbelief for that though but but like that part of it but the shooting from like what what would you say 30 feet or so maybe like maybe 40 50 that mm. that would be difficult for like any of us to do right now yeah like and, and, and not only that but just hitting a target that's the size of a body 
we would yeah. all be lucky. Like, I know, like, that none of us have really handled that many guns in our lives, but, like, uh-huh. we there, there's no shot. Like, it, fuck, dude. No shot. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, for me, it, it didn't really bother me that much because uh, long before that point, uh, I realized that the uh, plot lost total and complete direction yep. or hope. <laughs> Like at all, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty all over the place. The plot, yeah, all uh, even the fuck, even they couldn't even make a good car chase scene. Even the car chase felt like just vanilla. Felt oh. like terrible. Oh, fuck up a car chase scene, dude. It's like it's the pinnacle of action comedy. It's so easy to do. Yeah, uh, it and felt Gio, like to, yeah, Gio, not to interrupt you, but in that car chase scene when he is expertly driving uh, in reverse through oncoming traffic. Uh, he says he's never driven a car before. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot that, about that. Yeah, and uh, honestly, that, that was like the least of my concern. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was truly uh, it, it's a, 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 a total and complete cauliflower. Everything, everything. Cauliflower. That's offensive cauliflower. to cauliflower, honestly. Corn starch. You know, it's uh, terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just miserable. This, this movie is a miss. This movie is a miss in so so many ways. In all the ways, uh, <laughs> every way that you yeah. could possibly miss. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I think we've we've really uh, torn this one up a good amount, uh, and it looks like we're a good chunk in. So I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Uh, Geo uh, for your closing thoughts on the 2011 film In Time. Uh, man, I really don't have too much else to say. I think I've laid it all out uh, to bear. Uh, dialogue feels bland, to say the least. Uh, everything about this movie is boring, lifeless, and cardboard. Uh, this is the movie that solidified that JT is not a dramatic actor, though there was plenty of evidence of that before then. Uh, the mom death scene uh, really just stuck at home. That was within the first 15 minutes. Uh, if any of you guys go back and watch that, he is terrible. He is oh. god awful. <laughs> a man has just watched his mom die, and he sounds like I don't even know. No. I, don't, I, I don't even know. He he sounds like uh, a dying raccoon, uh, to say the least. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, everything is bad about this movie. I hated it when I first watched it as a child, eleven year old mind, uh, with nothing to lose, nothing to hate, nothing to love uh, <laughs> about this film. Truly, I detest it, and I knew it was going to be bad going in. Uh, as soon as the words left Spencer's lips, I knew that it was going to be terrible. You took your big meaty claws, dug it out of my mind, and put me through it once again. So for that, I will never forgive you, and I will come to your house, and I will kiss you. Uh, but the, you know, <laughs> maybe the rooftop chase scene uh, might have saved it, but it did not. But yeah, uh, yeah, everything was bad about it. Uh, I will give it a 2 out of 10 for simply doing the job of completing a movie and releasing <laughs> it. That's, a, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, so, like, I, I, in my closing remarks, I want to bring up a few more things that I thought were just, like, fucking so stupid. Um, uh, one, the, the prices of shit doesn't make any sense at all when you think about it. Uh, like... Like, bur- like a, what was it? Like, bread and eggs were all, like, you know, like, a couple minutes. But then a car, like, you know, he didn't get, like, a crazy car. It's like a like a drop top of shit. That was 53 years 
Are you fucking kidding? No. No. What, what, like, it, it, none of the prices for anything make sense. All, all the guys that were betting, like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, regardless, uh, their, their soundtrack sounded eerily similar to Halo music, which Halo was another reference in, like, a, a movie that we watched, like, for the podcast, so I just thought it was funny. Um, yeah, their, their, their music, especially, like, the, like, the, the shots of, like, the cityscape and stuff like that, they played, like, it straight up sounded like Halo Reach soundtrack. It was crazy. Um, yeah, the car CG was bad. Uh, and and then my last note, uh, fucking people don't know what survival of the fittest means. And, like, the context it has in, like, actual, like, uh, you know, nature. They, they just don't understand what it means in movies. They need to stop using it. it. It's all over the place. But, yeah, this is a piece of shit. Uh, fuck you for making me watch this, Spencer. I had never seen it before, and I could have gone my entire life without seeing this. Uh, yeah, it, it was bad. Um, similarly how Geo, uh, did it, I, I feel remiss to give it a zero. Uh, I'll give him, I'll give him a one out of ten, uh, for keeping the camera in focus for, you know, the majority of it. Not all of it, but the majority. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for that feedback, Aaron. I'll, I'll be sure to take that into consideration. Hey, um, okay. yeah, I think this movie serves as a great reminder that, it's never impossible to miss with a film. You have a writer who wrote Truman Show and Gattaca, so has experience making good movies in both world building and in the science fiction realm. You have one of the greatest cinematographers of all time. Yeah, I mean, the cast uh, in some aspects leaves some to be desired, but I mean, Kelly Murphy is a phenomenal actor. Amanda Seyfried in the time census movie has done some really good projects. Uh, Matt Bomer, very brief role has done good parts uh i would say the same about olivia wilde so like there's talent here i mean even jt who sucks in this movie literally one year ago to this date one year ago to the date before this movie was released the social network comes out and he's pretty good in that movie mm-hmm. so th- this is a reminder that it, you can never you can never not flop doesn't matter how much talent is behind the camera or in front of it or both it's you, you can't yeah, had this idea that like, oh, we're set. This is a guaranteed home run. Um, so I think it's a good reminder of that. I, t- I kind of touched on how I feel this fits into my remake ideology. Um, but overall, very poorly executed. Performances were largely wooden. The messaging was like uh, hit a hammer in, in your head, heavy handed. Uh, the dialogue was awful. The score in the cinematography, there was nothing of note in either of those. So this pretty much fails in every aspect. Um, we kind of disagreed, but I do think that this was a really interesting concept that in the right hands, um, could be a very interesting watch. Uh, and I would say that like, I'm a big proponent of giving credit for like taking a big swing. Uh, and even though this felt like a lazy swing, they tried to do something. It wasn't like a bog standard concept idea. Um, I'll give it a three out of 10 personally. Um, that's not a high, that's not a high score in any way whatsoever, I guess, compared to you guys, it is. Um, I don't think giving a three out of ten is uh, egregious, but that's where I stand on it. All right, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so Spencer liked it. Uh, <laughs> the story. That's whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't want that to be the takeaway. Here. That's the takeaway. That's what I'm gonna remember. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Till the next time. I'm Spencer. I'm Aaron. I'm Gio. And this has been the 35mm Colonoscopy Podcast.